G'day, welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast. I'm Graham Curry, your host from Perth, Australia. I lost 60 kilos or 132 pounds living an intermittent fasting lifestyle, and I successfully maintained that weight loss now, coming up two years. I wanted to bring this series of podcasts to you to give you an insight into what it's like to living an intermittent fasting lifestyle. I'm also the author of the book, The Fasting Highway, which is a story of my journey overcoming chronic addiction to fast food and sugar and taking that walk from morbid obesity to normality. So sit back here with us on the Fasting Highway in the next few weeks and listen to some inspiring guests and some experts in the intermittent fasting community. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the show. G'day and welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast. And this is episode 97. And just before we get to today's guest, I just wanted to give a very quick thank you to those that have been buying my book, The Fasting Highway, on Amazon in both paperback and Kindle. Uh, It's a story about my own journey, overcoming fast food and sugar addiction and finding intermittent fasting and living that lifestyle and making it successful. So if you want to find out how I did that, uh, you can get my book, The Fasting Highway, which is on Amazon. Okay, let's get to today's guest. And I'm going to be speaking with Lisa Davey. And Lisa is from Cedarville, Ohio, in the United States of America, where she lives with her husband. And Lisa has two growing sons, aged 34 and 29, and they're both married, and they have also their first grandson. And Lisa owns a small business where she handcrafts organic and vegan bath and body products. And up until her 40s, her weight management was always very good. And then she got diagnosed with asthma, and while looking into some research about that, she stumbled on to intermittent fasting. And the rest, as they say, is history, as we're about to hear in this podcast. Welcome, Lisa. Oh, g'day, Lisa, and uh, welcome to the Fasting Highway, and thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Graham. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you here. So, Lisa, for those that may not know you around the world, if you wouldn't mind filling us in a bit about your background and some backstory on any particular health issues you had in your life or issues with weight and how you sort of came to find intermittent fasting? Well, um, to begin with, there was a time back in my early 40s, I'm 56 now, that I've noticed a little bit of weight gain. So I had a friend and she asked me if I would join Weight Watchers with her. And I thought, well, it couldn't hurt. Let's give it a go. And I joined and that was back in 2004. And I lost 20 pounds, but the problem with that was it put me into a severe diet mindset. The Weight Watchers program was counting your points, which in effect was counting calories. And it also was weighing and measuring your food. So every meal you had to put your food on a scale, you had to measure it, you had to count the points for it. And then you had to journal. They wanted, they gave you little paper trackers each week at the meeting and you were required to write down every single thing you ate all week. After a while, that drove me crazy. That just was such a huge stress for me. I, I just felt burnt out. I wasn't enjoying trying to lose weight. I just was complete diet mindset. And then that turned into not enjoying going out to eat that was a stressful environment for me because I was 
looking at the menus and dissecting what was on there and trying to figure out what the foods were cooked in, that kind of thing. And it just, it just was so stressful, but I stuck it out because like I said, I lost 20 pounds and I lasted from 2004 until about 2012. And I just said, forget it. I, I can't do this anymore. And I kept it off for a couple of years and then entered my fifties and the weight started creeping back on again. And at that time, I was also diagnosed with asthma and I was put on a daily medication that I had to take twice a day. And with that, I started researching what were the triggers for asthma because I knew that that was an inflammation in my lungs. So each, each time that something triggered it, I was writing it down and I was trying to figure out, okay, what is, what's causing it this time? What's causing it that, you know, the next time, sometimes it was environmental and sometimes it was food related. And I just kept taking the medication. I just kept following my daily eating plan. After I abandoned Weight Watchers, I still had that diet mindset. So I was still kind of counting calories and trying to keep track. And then one day I thought, all right, let's see if there's something out there that's going to help relieve my asthma. And I got on the internet and this was back in March of this year, 2021. And I went down this rabbit trail and somewhere along the line, I saw intermittent fasting. Well, I just started looking into intermittent fasting and I was reading everything on the internet that I could find. And I found people had great results with their asthma treatments. And then I thought, okay, maybe this will work. And then I started intermittent fasting and it took a little while, but I started noticing relief with my um, symptoms, my attacks, the asthma attacks were becoming less and less. And then I started realizing I'm not needing to take the daily medication and I experimented a little bit with it. And each day I wouldn't take it. And every day turned into the next day, the next day, and then a few more weeks. And I wasn't needing, I was having so much relief in my lungs that I could, I could literally feel that I can breathe clearer. So I was, I thought, okay, this is going to work. I'm going to stick with this and let's just see where this takes me. And along the way, I started losing weight again. And then, you know, we could talk later on about the uh, NSVs, but I really went at this with the idea, all right, this is going to help with the asthma. And then I just was getting the weight loss benefits along with it too. So. Yeah, that's really interesting. What a, what a great thing. And obviously you came to intermittent fasting, not necessarily to look for weight loss, but for what could relieve, relieve those asthma symptoms. And you found that. And so when you first started, how did you start? What was your protocol and how did you work that out? Well, like I said, I was looking on the internet and I found a couple of articles. So I started with 16.8 and I did not clean fast. I didn't know anything about clean fasting. So I did the 16.8 for a couple of weeks and then I found the intermittent fasting uh, groups on Facebook. So I got into um, the Delay Don't Deny then I found Jen Stevens' podcast, The Intermittent Fasting Stories. Then I found out about her book. Everyone in the pot in her Facebook group was recommending the Fast Feast Repeat. And that's where I found the clean fasting, but also in her chapters where it breaks down 
the different protocols. So I went from there after about a, two or three weeks, I bumped it up to the 18.6. And then I went along with that for a few weeks. And then I bumped it up to 24. So I kind of bounce around with that. Yeah. And when you made that transition from not knowing about the clean fast to when you started to clean fast, did you notice any sort of differences? Anything changed? Like were you less struggles like white knuckling and things like that in your window or any, any energy boosts or things? I did. I was drinking herbal tea in, the, uh, in, my, in my fasting, thinking that that was okay. And when I found out about the clean fast, I thought, okay, well, I'm a water drinker. I can drink water and I can do black coffee. It was a game changer. I was not white knuckling it. It was taking, when I was in the 16-8, probably about three hours before my fast, before I can open my window, I was white knuckling it. It was rough. It was really hard. When I transitioned over to the clean fast, it was it was a game changer, like I said. And I had no trouble getting through my fast. And that's what prompted me to bump it up to 18.6. And I, I did want to take it slow. I didn't want to just jump right into a longer fast, but it did make the fasts go a lot easier. And I did notice the mental clarity. And I kept feeling this sense of peace, like peace and calm through my fasts, which I can get myself worked up. I can allow stress to get into my life. And I was noticing things that would normally stress me out were not. I was just okay with it. And that's because I'm clean fasting. Yeah, I think that's that inner peace that comes from fasting as well. I noticed that myself, actually, when I started fasting. And that's one of the things I loved about it. I just felt so more, much more peaceful with myself. And I was a bit of a stress head as well. And I used to stress over a lot of things. And I really found that fasting gave me time to think more clearly about those sort of things. And I wasn't consumed by food all day. So were you a person that eats all the things or was there anything you were restricting in your diet when you started fasting? When I started fasting, I had already been restricting the dairy. That's a big trigger for asthma and it causes a lot of inflammation in my lungs. So I hadn't been eating dairy and I still don't only because I know that it'll cause problems. And I haven't really restrict anything else except for wheat, certain certain types of bread, more processed breads versus homemade, that type, because again, that's another trigger for me. But as far as my daily diet goes, I'm a pretty healthy eater, but I could go crazy with the sweets if I allow myself. So I do try to keep that in check. I try to keep the sugar and definitely the processed foods. I'm far away from the snacking now. So with intermittent fasting, what was different about previous diets that you've been on? And, and when did you sort of think to yourself, wow, this is so different to anything I've ever done? It's really interesting that you say that because leading up to all of it and having the experience with Weight Watchers, it puts you into a diet mindset. You're just constantly thinking about calories, how much food, and I was having some hormonal changes, and that's why I was trying to find something that would work, but the intermittent fasting, it, it was almost like the vision that I have is a broom 
and you're just sweeping out all the junk. And I feel like that was sweeping the junk out of my mind. And with intermittent fasting, during that fasting window, I have no thoughts of food and it's so freeing. And that's something I've never experienced before. I've always enjoyed eating, always thought about what my next meal was going to be. So the intermittent fasting has pretty much gotten rid of that. Yeah, that's really interesting. So let's talk a bit about your history with asthma going back. Was it something that affected you as a child as well or, or just later in life? No, it was later in life. My husband and I had lived in Ohio well over 22 years, and he took a job transfer to Tennessee. And when we moved to Tennessee, it was 2010. And in 2011, I noticed huge changes in my breathing down there with the humidity. There's more mold, moisture. So I went to my family doctor down there, and he said, I think you have exercise-induced asthma. And that's how it started out. I only I noticed it when we went to the gym. But he did say, if it lasted like that for more than a year, you need to go see an asthma specialist and actually be treated and diagnosed. And it ended up progressing and getting worse. So in 2012, I did go see an asthma specialist and he tested me. I went through all the testing and it was confirmed that I have asthma. And my concern was, Am I going to live with this for the rest of my life? And he said, most likely, if you had it when you were a child, you would probably outgrow it. But he said, everybody's different and who knows? But we got to talking through several of the appointments and he, I explained to him how I like to be very health conscious and in everything that I eat. And he said, if you can do things like that, you're just going to help yourself more and more. So just keep doing what you're doing. What sort of things happen? Like how, how would you describe the attacks that happen from asthma? Okay. First, let me say I've researched asthma and there's different types of asthma. And the type that I have is considered a wet asthma where there's a lot of mucus that builds up in my lungs. And my lungs, so when I'm getting ready to have an attack, my lungs feel very heavy and my chest starts to tighten. And then I start having a hard time breathing. And then I start with a very bad cough. And sometimes it just, my husband actually knows when I'm going into an attack, when I start coughing. And it's just a very constricting, tight feeling in my chest to where I needed an emergency inhaler at that point, because the prescribed medicine that I'm supposed to take daily doesn't stop an onset attack like that. So it's, it's very noticeable. I know immediately, I just can feel the changes in my chest and my lungs when one's coming on. And how long was it when you started intermittent fasting that you noticed the relief starting to come from asthma? Like how far into your journey? I'd say three months. I was keeping track of it. And I actually have the asthma, the medication, the discs, their little round discs that I have to inhale and I have about eight eight months worth in my closet because it's they're just backing up. I my prescription gets sent and I don't need it. So I started in March of this year and I'd say by the beginning of the summer I noticed a huge difference. Yeah, let's talk about your fasting protocol now. You mentioned there you started off with the sixteen and eight and then you pushed it up to sort of the eighteen six. 
are you sort of still sticking with that now or do you do anything like uh, extended fast at all? No, I don't do any extended fasting, but what I do is I vary my fasting length every couple of days. I, I may do a 24 for about three days in a row and then I'll do a 19.5, maybe a day or two, then go down to an 18.6, back it back up to a 24. And then I'll throw in a 16.8 every once in a while. And my body really responds well to the to varying it like that. Yeah, you're just keeping your body guessing. And so we mentioned non-scale victories and health benefits quite a lot in the intermittent fasting community. So let's just run through some of them. What's... I've had quite a few, and I really was surprised, Graham, because like I said, I started this based, my focus was mainly on the asthma, and all the other little things that are coming along the way are have been so unexpected. I have arthritis in two of my fingers, and when I would wake up in the morning, I would have to open and close my hands to almost make it feel like I was stretching and and my fingers because they were so painful that's gone completely and the fingers had a bump on them where the arthritis was by the joint and it's gone at that I was amazed I, I reading in the books about the inflammation but to see it actually see it and notice that it's gone was just amazing to me that was another uh, non-scale victory that was right up there with the asthma But then I've had a lot of them that have been mentioned by other people on the podcast with the inches lost and the weight lost and the energy has been incredible. I would get the afternoon slumps about between two and four where I felt like I could take a good, a good solid nap. I don't get that anymore. I, my energy is boundless. I, I'm just loving how much energy I have and I sleep really well and it's a deep, restful sleep. And I have not had that in years. I I can't even remember prior to intermittent fasting when I slept such a solid night. It's That's been wonderful too. But something else that I noticed, and it happened probably about four months in, was the appetite correction. And I kept reading posts about it and thinking, is that going to happen to me? Am I going to recognize it? Will I know when it happens? And I did. I started seeing that certain foods, the taste, I could taste the chemicals, especially if we went out to eat, dining out, because you just don't know sometimes what the food is cooked in. And I was noticing the chemical taste. And I would tell my husband, this just doesn't taste right. I, I It's just tastes funny to me. So that's been an interesting non-scale victory as well. Yeah, really struck a chord with me what you said about the arthritic fingers. Exactly the same thing happened to me. Um, For years and years, I'd wake up in the morning and I I was struggling to open the fingers in my hand fully, a little bit of pain there, that sort of thing. And But after about six months of intermittent fasting, that went away for me as well. So that's really interesting that you said that. And I hear that in quite a few fasters. I mean, I've interviewed over 100 people in this podcast now and it simply just blows my mind, the non-scale victories and the health benefits that come from fasting. And it's really important to note at this point, too, that it's not all about weight loss. And I've said that so many times. There's so much more to it than that. 
And, you know, for a person like yourself that probably didn't have as much weight to lose as a lot of people have, but let's talk about that. What has the weight loss been like, if any, from the uh, March this year? Well, I like to say that I'm a turtle. <laughs> I've seen that mentioned in a few posts, but I have lost the weight slowly. So I started March 16th of this year and I weighed 177.4 pounds. And today I am at 159. So right around 18 pounds I've lost. The benefits from that, obviously, you mentioned inches and that sort of thing. So you must have been going down in close sized too. Yes, I I was. And everyone talks about the um, honesty pants. And I had a pair of jeans that I thought were, you know, the goal size and where I was really happy at. And those are, they're swimming on me. And that shocked me because, you know, I don't look at 18 pounds as being a huge weight loss, but the inches, the the inches and the body recomposition is what astounds me because I think, you know, it, it just, it feels incredible because I, I feel like it's more than the weight loss itself. I feel like those those victories, I'm achieving more than just the weight loss. So what other sort of things have come from that weight loss? Like, is there anything that you really want to do now? You've got all this increased energy and the world's opening up. Are there things that you're looking forward to now? And especially now you've got your asthma under control. Well, yeah. Um, we live out here in the country, so we're pretty rural. We have cornfields all around us. But my best friend lives just a quarter of a mile down the road. I can stand on my front porch and see her house. And I was struggling biking prior to intermittent fasting. And we both love to cycle. And I'm really looking forward to it when the war weather warms up again and getting out there and do really doing some miles, getting in about 20 miles a day or so. And that I'm really looking forward to because I that was a struggle before. Just the breathing and being out in the air if the weather changes i would have an attack if i got overheated but it was still cool out that would be a problem so i'm looking forward to the biking yeah talking about uh, the medical side of things now have you been and seen your doctor have they been talking to you about asthma and fasting and, and what are they seeing in the results so far and how do they relate to it well, honestly, I have not been back to see the doctor because I just feel like I'm doing so well and it's well controlled and they don't want to see me unless I'm having problems or just once a year to renew my prescription. So I have eight months worth sitting in the closet, so I'm not going back in there to renew it, but I am careful and I monitor myself. So if I did see any problems coming or happening, I would make an appointment and go in and see them. However, the doctor and I have a good rapport and I know that he would be very supportive of the intermittent fasting, just knowing my history on how I eat and how I'm interested in holistic healing and health that way. So I do, I'm confident in knowing that he would be very supportive with it. Do you know many other people around your community that fast? Have you in a bit of a support network there or is it mainly just through the groups that you grab the support? I, when I started fasting, I didn't tell anybody only because I just thought, well, let's see what this, what this does. 
And since then, three of my closest friends have started intermittent fasting and they're having great success. And then my husband, he, when I first started, he was kind of like, oh, I don't know about this. I don't know if I could give up the meals. So he sat back and he watched. And then when he started seeing the changes, he decided to get on board with it too. And then just recently, our closest friends, they're a little bit younger than us, so they're early 50s. He was having some major medical issues and ended up in the hospital a few weeks ago. And his doctor said, you've got a lot going on. And one of the things you have to reverse and take care of is your weight and your fatty liver. And I remember hearing a podcast a while back in Jen Stevens, and I forget the name, but she mentioned that she completely reversed her fatty liver. So we actually went to their house for dinner one evening a couple of weeks ago and talked with them and sat them down and said, listen, we can help you. And today I ordered your book and I ordered Fast Feast Repeat and they want to do it. They want to get on board. So a lot of res- good, good response with my little friend's network here with intermittent fasting. They're seeing success. Yeah, and I obviously see the results in you and and when you tell people that, you know, you sort of got off your asthma medication and that, I mean, it makes people sit up and take notice. And your husband there, how's he been going with it and how's he finding it? He's actually, he's doing a little better than I am. He can go longer stretches of fasting, but he likes it. He, he, he thought at first that he could not give up breakfast and now he says, I, I don't even think about it. I can't, you know, I, it's not a problem. He just drinks his coffee and goes on about his day till he opens up his window. He's retired and he'll try, he'll usually ask me, when do you open your window? And we like to have our lunch together or I'll do a snack before dinner. And um, then we eat dinner together most of the time. He helps a farmer. So sometimes he doesn't get home until late. But when we do eat dinner, he's so he's so courteous about when I'm opening and closing my window and just fits it in with him too. So he usually averages between an 18 and a 20 hour fast as well. Oh, that's great. And so just for the couples out there listening or people that are doing it on their own, their partner might not be, do you find it easier that your partner's doing it with you? Yes. He's always been supportive with anything that I've wanted to do. But this makes it easier because we're on the same page and we don't have to try to juggle our meals or I don't have to fix something special for him. It, it's just, it com- it's complements us very well. We do really well with it together. We enjoy it. We enjoy doing it together. Getting back to the medical side of things, I think it's really great if you could probably document what you've been doing and you may have already been doing that. And so you could pass that on to people like in the asthma associations around the world or that sort of thing. Right. Because I hear a lot of, you know, I've interviewed people that have had type two diabetes. Um, there's Sarah Cole down there in a clinic in New Zealand and Auckland. Uh, she was on episode 12 of this podcast. Uh, they're a medical clinic that treat people with type two diabetes uh, with an intermittent fasting uh, protocol. And they've had amazing results, like dozens and dozens of case studies of these people reversing type two diabetes. So I guess if you got in touch with the Asthma Association and sort of explained your story, that could be quite beneficial. That is, that's a good idea. I I didn't think about that, but I should. 
But there is one thing I wanted to mention too, going back to, you were talking about getting your blood work done with your medical doctor. Last March, I had my female doctor, I had a my yearly exam. She was, I was a new patient because my regular doctor retired. So she wanted to do the whole workup, which I thought was good because I hadn't had blood work done in many, many years. And it was the week, I was only into intermittent fasting one week and I received my blood work results. So I'm anxious to go back this March, this coming March and getting blood work done and seeing if there's any change in the numbers. Because I hear a lot of people on the podcast talking about, you know, the different numbers changing and their doctors happy about it and asking them what they, what they've been doing. But I'm just interested to see what, what did change. Yeah. And I mean, it's great to get blood work and everything else like that. But at the end of the day, it's all about how we feel and how much better we feel doing this. I mean, sometimes when you fast, you can go back and maybe your cholesterol might be up a bit higher because you've been fasting, you know, prior to going there. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's all how we feel within and that extra energy and, and, and all that sort of thing. But where do you actually want to see intermittent fasting, say, in five or 10 years time? I mean, is it? do you hear about it much in media there where you live or on TV or the radio? Or do you hear many people talking about it? Or is it mainly just inside the groups that you hear? It's mainly inside the groups. I don't hear about it anywhere around here, which surprises me. Because within the groups, people talk about in their communities, they'll go to the doctor and their doctors already know about it. So, and I don't know if it's because we are so rural out here. And if I lived in a bigger city, maybe I'd hear more about it, but I would like to hear more about it. And I would like to, you know, be able to get it out there because I, I'm hoping in the medical community, it becomes more mainstream. And when people go in to see their doctor and they need to lose weight, I'd rather hear the doctor say, have you thought about this versus let's just put you on this weight loss pill or let's talk about weight loss surgery when there's a healthier approach to this and a safer approach to it too. But I do understand that people want a quick fix. Not everybody, but you know, the majority of people want a quick fix. And they might not want to, you know, do what's required with intermittent fasting and then get discouraged when they don't see a weight loss and not realize what's going on inside their body and the healing that is going on inside of their body before they see the weight loss results. And if doctors were promoting the intermittent fasting and saying, here, let's try this before we do this pill or this, you know, surgery and see see what happens. Give it six months, give it a year, and then we'll talk about another option. I think it would just be such a big benefit. Yeah, I was talking to somebody on the podcast a while back, and they said that they'd gone to their doctor and their doctor said, look, you need to lose weight. Um, You're way too heavy. Uh, Here's what I want you to do. And he got a piece of paper and he wrote down intermittent fasting, fast for this period of a day, um, this is what you can have during your fast, the clean fast we talk about, black coffee, black tea, plain water, plain sparkling water. And then he said, when you're eating, uh, eat to satiety and then stop. And also what he wrote on there was, come back and see me in six to 12 months. 
Oh, that's and wonderful. So, I know. And this lady went away and done that. And she lost a spectacular amount of weight. And she really turned her life around. And she went back to this doctor. And, and this doctor was just saying, well, yeah, this is what I tell people about fasting now. So there, that does happen. And then you'll have those doctors that will say, oh, no, that's bad for you. Don't do that. That's terrible, you know. And um, you might somehow die because you're fasting. Well, I don't know anybody that's ever died from not eating lunch or, exactly. you know, or, or <laughs> I've never been to a funeral where they've got up and said, no. hey, he died because he was an intermittent <laughs> faster. I mean, I've been to plenty of funerals where somebody's died from obesity-related illness, heart attack, disease, Absolutely. diabetes. You know, we all have. And um, I think what I hear people saying that intermittent fasting is bad for you, I just think to myself, well, so is carrying around 350 pounds like I was or having something in your life that's restricting you like asthma or type 2 diabetes. So why not give it a go? So, yeah, let's hope more doctors get on board. And I think they will eventually. But also, do you have sort of your support networks, your husband, that sort of thing? And you started this, we're raging in a pandemic. Well, it sort of slowed down a little bit. But did you find that stressful, the pandemic as well? No. And it's funny you ask that because like I said, my husband is retired and I run a small business, but I do it out of the home. And we were sitting there one day during the pandemic and we said, this really is not affecting us at all because we didn't have to get up and go to work. We don't, our, our two sons are adults, so we're not raising children. It's just the two of us here at home. So our lifestyle during the pandemic didn't change. We were getting up every morning and exercising. We were taking care of the chores and we just couldn't go anywhere. So that I think was easy for me to, once I started the intermittent fasting, it really just wasn't much of a change except for, oh, okay, I'm not cooking as much and I'm eating less meals. So it was pretty easy to continue through the pandemic with it. I want to talk to you also about when you sort of talked about your asthma and you say to people, intermittent fasting cured my asthma, do you get people looking at you weirdly and saying, really? No. they, The ones that I've spoken to about it know that I've suffered with it and know that I've had it for years. And so they're happy for me. And then they ask, well, how? What did you do? What's what's the difference why are you off of it? Why why are you able to not take your medication? So they've been very supportive and very excited, but they also know me and they know that I always have exercised. I try to eat healthy. We're you know, fit people. So they know my lifestyle. So I think it's not a surprise to them that I would have found something that, you know, helped, helped with it. So yeah, they're not shocked. It's more yeah, like, it's more of, oh, okay, Lisa found something that's actually going to work now. Yeah, I don't really know a lot about asthma. Is there certain types of food that trigger it as well? Yes, dairy is a big one that, for me, for the type that I have, it when I have any type of dairy, it causes a lot of mucus in my lungs, and then it makes that wet cough, and I it it just brings on an attack. It'll trigger it. So I definitely have to avoid the dairy. The dairy is, is a problem. And I don't think that I'll ever be able to introduce that back in. And I don't really miss it. I don't miss it at all. I've found other alternatives, but like I said earlier, 
while we were talking, it seems like the more processed the breads or crackers, those type of foods, those will bother me. So I tend to stay away from the, I, I'm not completely off of that, but I don't have it as much as I used to. So when I do have a little bit of it, it's not a problem. But if I keep going with it, then it's going to become a problem again. Are there certain types of foods that actually help? Whole foods, non-processed, you know, the packaged foods are no good. But eating a lot of vegetables, you know, natural whole foods that way. And I eat a lot of proteins. The cleaner I eat, the more I notice healthier I feel. I can actually feel it inside. So I try to make a good effort to not allow the processed foods in. And like I said earlier, I like the sweets, but I'm even picky about what I'm going to have with that too. I don't, I don't go for the boxed cookies and things like that as much as I used to. I'm choosy. I would rather have really good pieces of chocolate versus, you know, an Oreo cookie or something like that. So I do notice the healthier I eat, the better I feel with it. And sort of seems to me that fasting goes hand in hand with that as well, eating what makes you feel your greatest. And I mean, as a result, I mean, this asthma that you've had, you know, dogging you and interfering with your life has really, really um, gone away now and you can enjoy life. And so have you found that you crave that higher quality food the longer you've been doing fasting? Now you've been doing it eight months. Do you think yourself, I need that really good food? Oh, absolutely. I will crave. And I've always eaten healthy, but now I'm craving. The other day I was craving Brussels sprouts and I love Brussels sprouts and I'll crave healthy foods and I'll want it and I'll want to take the time to prepare it. A few days ago, my husband was working late. So I thought I'm going to have a nice salad for dinner. And about three o'clock in the afternoon, I put some music on in the kitchen and I got out all the vegetables and the things I wanted. And I just took my time and prepared a wonderful salad for later when I was going to have my dinner. And it was just such a nice, relaxing feeling because I knew I was going to be feeding my body something healthy, real healthy. But I want to circle back real quick when you were just talking about the asthma dogging me. And that's exactly what it was doing. Every day from the time I woke up when I had to take that first medication, that's all that I thought about. How is this asthma controlling me? What am I going to do? Make sure anywhere we went, my husband would say, do you have your inhaler with you? Make sure I have it with me. And now since I've been getting more and more relief through the intermittent fasting, days will go by that I don't even think about having asthma. So it feels like a big weight off my shoulders. I've, I've, I've shed a big weight that I don't even think about it. And sometimes I have to remind myself, Ooh, I do have asthma, but I'm okay. I'm feeling okay with this. Yeah. And I think that's a different kind of weight relief, isn't it? That mental weight. And speaking of which, Mindset obviously plays a huge part in this journey. You strike me as a person that has a very strong mindset. How have you found the mental part of fasting? The mental part of fasting is, it's wonderful. It it shed all that diet mindset. Now, it didn't happen overnight. I still had to work on it a little bit. I'd catch myself thinking, oh, how many calories is this? But as the weeks and the months went on and 
the, the peacefulness and the calm set in, that's when I, I started really shifting into the mindset. And I wanted to read one of the quotes that you wrote in your book on the mindset chapter. And it said, I knew that I needed to flip my thinking and start celebrating the small wins I was having. And when I read that, I decided I am going to think about the small wins because I'm, I'm not focusing on losing all the weight. I'm focusing more on the health aspects of what I'm, I'm noticing, what I'm receiving. And I decided to tell myself, I'm giving myself the gift of health by intermittent fasting. And literally for me, because it's saving my life and it's helping me breathe. But the mindset, once it clicked, that's when things started to fall into place. And I keep coming back to the word calm because I just feel such a calm in my spirit every day where, hey, that's not going to bother me. I'm not going to get stressed about this. I'm not going to get stressed about that. And that's the mindset that I have now that I can do this. It's a gift of health. I'm, I'm feeling it physically and I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm going to live like this the rest of my life. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that's fantastic. And I remember watching the film Kung Fu Panda, right? And there's a character called Master Shifu. And he talks about inner peace all the time. And I was thinking when I was watching, I was thinking, well, what's he mean by that? What's in a piece? I mean, how do you find that? And then with fasting, I found that with so many things, just peace from food, digesting food all day, giving our organs enough time to have that rest and letting our cells regenerate. And I say to people when they say to me, well, I've been fasting for two weeks and nothing's happening. And I say, well, yes, it is happening. You're just not giving it enough time to make it happen. And that's a really important message, isn't it, Lisa, to tell people is to say, give this time. I mean, in your case, you were prepared to give it time. I mean, you, you gave it a commitment. And I say to people, give it six to 12 months. It's not going to happen in two or three weeks. It's going to take time for all these things to fall into place. But note all the small wins along the way, like the measurements, the photos. Like if you take a photo of yourself and then you look at another photo in a week's time or two weeks' time, do you see a difference? Do you see any measurement difference? Do you see any difference in the way your clothes feel? It's not necessarily about the numbers on the scale. And speaking of which, are you a person that weighs? I did in the beginning. And this brings me right back to the diet mindset when I was going to Weight Watchers because we had to weigh in once a week, every week at the meetings. And so when I first started, I was, I was, I was weighing daily. But then I remembered what I learned in Weight Watchers is that we weigh once a week because any given day, you're going to fluctuate up and down. You can weigh yourself every hour and you're going to weigh something different every hour. So that took a little time. I'd say about probably about four months in when I decided, let's try not weighing every single day. Let's back it down. And so I've, I've gotten to where I'm only weighing once a month and I just want to do it just, you know, for data reasons, really, because I can tell by my clothes how I'm doing, but that's another freeing thing right there is, um, not feeling like, Oh, I've got to get on the scale and I've got to see what happened. You know, what, what did the weekend bring? Or, you know, what do I have to do starting Monday? That kind of, I, the scale for me just puts me back into those old 
mindset ways. And I don't want to go back to that. Maybe a year from now, maybe I'll weigh myself more often. I don't know, but I, I, I don't see it as a problem for me right now. I don't, I don't need to weigh every day and I certainly don't want to right now. Obviously you're pretty convinced by IF something you're going to do for the rest of your life. Absolutely. I'm, I'm not going back. And I feel like I have to do this for the rest of my life and not in a negative way, but in a positive way, just because of the benefits it's giving me with the asthma. If I don't have to take a prescribed medication, I'm not going to. And I had to take this. I had to take it to breathe and I don't have to take it now. And it's because of intermittent fasting. So for me, this is my prescription for asthma intermittent fasting and i'm i don't see any other way of living yeah and to reiterate what i said before i'd really encourage you to get hold of the universities that are doing studies into asthma uh, or facilities or asthma associations and say hey listen i just want to share my story and maybe document what happened to you and and i think that could be so beneficial if those sorts of people start thinking well okay that's interesting that that person had happened to and if they can follow you through and do some testing and that sort of thing, it could help so many people. We've got to close the podcast in a moment. But before we go, I'd really love you to share. Say if you're going to sit down with a friend tomorrow and tell them about fasting and how to start and that sort of thing. What are some of the words of wisdom that you would give them and how to start? Well, I would tell them, I would tell them don't expect weight loss right away because I don't want them to be disappointed. But we also know all the healing that is going on inside before people start shedding weight. I would tell them to give it six to six months to a year. Don't expect it to be a quick fix and to be patient with themselves and allow themselves some grace. I read a lot of the posts that will kind of talk about I'm falling off the wagon or I got to get back on. And everyone is so supportive about that. And they tell them, you know, give yourself some grace. Don't beat yourself up. We're not perfect. We're human. Events are going to come up. And in the beginning, you feel like I'm not sure how to navigate this. So forget fasting today. I'll go to that dinner party and then I'll start it again tomorrow. Every day is a new day. You have the rest of your life to do this, to work on it. Start off slow and just take it one day at a time and maybe set one goal. I'm going to fast for this amount of time. Then maybe after three months, work on the changing and improving your food. Things like that. It's just mainly start off slow and just give yourself grace is what I would say. And I think it's because that's what I did for myself. I didn't want to have so many expectations and overwhelm myself and then just throw in the towel. I think that's fantastic advice. Thank you. And I think, you know, getting the message across that IF isn't a silver bullet. It's not going to fix every ill in the world overnight. It does take time but it is something that is sustainable. You just touched on something, Graham, when you said it's easy. And I think if you've been down the diet trail and have tried so many different diets for a long, long time, and then again, they're not sustainable. When you come across intermittent fasting and you see how easy it is, it's almost one of those, it's too good to be true eating plans. Can I, can I lose weight? Is this really going to happen? Because people, I think in the back of our minds, if we've done enough diets, we feel like 
this one's going to fail. So it's a new year, maybe a new diet's coming out. We'll try that one. And you keep searching for that one diet that's going to click and it's going to happen. But there's usually so many restrictions and requirements to sustain it that it makes it, you can't, you can't sustain it for a very long period of time. You may lose some weight, but then once you quit eating and going back to the way you used to eat, you put all the weight back on. And with intermittent fasting, it's easy and it frees up all of that stressful thinking. And that's why I would encourage people to give it time because you can shed that diet mindset through this process if you allow it to happen and you take the time. And then you can get to the point where I can do this. It is easy and it is sustainable. And I'm going to stick with this for the rest of my life. Yeah, that's what I love about it. Um, you know, people often ask me the questions, how come you still do that fasting when you've lost all the weight? You know, why do you do it? Why do you hang around in these Facebook groups and the fasting Facebook groups? And I say, because I found my tribe. I found my, my groove in life and my niche in life where I want to be. This is what I want to be. I want to be an intermittent faster. I want to associate myself with intermittent fasting, other people that do it. And I need to stay plugged in with those people because they get where I'm coming from. And it's really hard for people when they don't have that support that you and I have had um, to be able to get that. And I'd really encourage people to come and join our Fasting Highway Facebook group, um, you know, read the books that Lisa's talked about and get that support network going around you. It makes such a difference. But Lisa, I can't tell you what a pleasure it's been to talk to you today. Thank you for joining me here today on the Fasting Highway. Well, thank you, Graham. It was a pleasure speaking with you too. Oh, pleasure was all mine. Thanks so much. Okay, bye. Oh, thank you so much, Lisa. Really enjoyed that discussion with you, and I think you finding relief from asthma is one of the best NSVs that I've heard of. And I really do hope that other people out there that may suffer with asthma at least talk about it with your doctor. Obviously, we're not doctors, and please discuss any medical and health plan first with your doctor. But if you find some relief from it, as Lisa has, I think it's worthwhile giving it some investigation anyway. Also, folks, uh, I just wanted to give a big shout out to the Facebook group, The Fasting Highway, we talked about in a podcast. Uh, we've got over four and a half thousand people in there now from all over the world. So, yeah, it's been really helpful to a lot of people. So if you want to come and join the Facebook group, uh, that's The Fasting Highway. But until next week, be well, be safe, and remember, clean fasting is everlasting.